ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Thursday, January 19th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan, here until 6 o'clock. And then I'm going to take a break. I mean, just, I gotta, they got to take me off the air for an hour because I'll come right back at 7 o'clock. We've got basketball coming up tonight. The Thundering Herd in action. Taking on the Texas State Bobcats. You can listen to that game right here on ESPN 94.1. At AM 930, Marshall coming into the contest. Uh, a part of a six-way tie, Sunbelt standings for the top spot. Marshall is 15-4 and four overall, 4-2 four and two in Sunbelt play. They, the Texas State Bobcats are 10-9, and nine, but they're 3-3 three and three in Sunbelt play. So we've got that again for you coming up tonight here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So I'm looking forward to this one tonight, see what the herd can do. You know, I hate traveling to Texas, but you got to do that sometimes. It's not that bad, though. Not that far of a trip compared to uh, some over the years. So I think Marshall can manage this one. So Marshall also got some good news today. So Tavion Kinsey was named to the 2023 Oscar Robertson Trophy midseason watch list that came out today as from the uh, USBWA. That's the Basketball Writers Association. What has Tavion done so far? Oh, just the three Sunbelt Men's Basketball Player of the Week awards. He is uh, averaging 20 and one only player in the only player in the country. Only. Averaging 20 or more points and six or more assists per game this season. So hopefully Tavion can keep it up. I like to see Tavion get far in that watch list, maybe a finalist. That would be fantastic for Tavion. So hopefully the herd can keep it up tonight. Tavion's a big reason why, but he hasn't been doing it alone. Thankfully, he has not been doing it alone. I think uh, Cam Kerfman's been doing great. Uh, Micah Han logged in. I really like his game this year. You know, he's been fun to watch. Andrew Taylor. I think Andy Taylor's like the silent assassin of this group here. You know, when he gets on a roll, watch out. And, yeah, you've got some role players on this team, but Tavion definitely is earning all of the attention, and rightfully so. He's definitely uh, the guy that's got to make it go for this Thundering Hurt team. So we've got that game coming up for you tonight. Uh, Later on, we're going to uh, get into a few things with you. The good news is um, I haven't seen anything um, as far as Late transfer portal news or anything like that, so that's good. I'm I'm happy that that's quieted down finally. It seems we'll talk about later on in the program a couple of things that are coming up. We got the Bengals this weekend for you as well. Don't forget that is coming up. It's going to be a three o'clock kick, and it's Sunday. It's your first game of the Sunday. Doubleheader, which will be right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Also on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. So we've got that coming up. And yeah, I hope the Bengals go in with a chip on every player. I hope they go in with a chip on their shoulder. I hope that they don't let that blind them, and I think they've got the right quarterback to do that. I don't know if the NFL 
I've seen this on social media. I don't know if the NFL is trying to plot for a Buffalo-Kansas City championship game on the AFC side. I don't know if the NFL is sitting there thinking, yeah, we got to get this has got to be our matchup. I think enough people are really enjoying, honestly, I think enough people are enjoying the, the Bengals in the country. So I think you win either way. If it's Kansas City, if it's Mahomes and Joe Burrow, I think you win. But I know right now Buffalo is uh, the darlings of American fandom, and rightfully so. They've gone through a lot over the last few months and most recently. But I think the Bengals are just as worthy. So I've seen that. I've seen that definitely. I'm not sure how, honestly, to to respond to that. I don't know if leagues actually sit there and go, "We got to this is this has got to be our matchup. This has got to be our matchup." I don't know what Buffalo gives you. Over Cincinnati, I think it's about even. Either team will be a great matchup for probably Kansas City. I know the NFL already selling tickets ahead of time. You got to do that, and I know that rubs some Bengals players wrong that they are already planning on selling tickets for the event that you've got Kansas City versus Buffalo. That's going to be in a neutral location in Atlanta, but. You have to do that. The NFL can't just open up ticketing on Monday morning and go, okay, let's get this thing sold. you got to do that ahead of time, try to get some of those advanced ticket sales. It's easier to refund those tickets than it is to try to sell them all out in a few days, try to get everything ready. So, yeah, the NFL's got to do that. And, of course, you know, if you're Kansas City, you're probably rooting. If you're Kansas City right now, you're rooting for the Bengals because that means you get the home game. If Kansas City wins this weekend, and more than likely they will beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're rooting for a win by the Bengals. They're winning. They're winning if that happens because they get to host the game. You think Kansas City wants to go play Buffalo in a neutral location? No, I don't think they they want that. They're going to have to do that, but they don't want that takes away the advantage of having home. It takes away all the advantages of playing in Kansas City, playing in front of the home fans, because there's no guarantee it's going to be feel like a home game. It's going to be a neutral game, but it might sway a little bit more towards Buffalo if it's at a new, neutral location. So definitely, yeah, I, I don't know if uh, anyone – if you're saying the NFL wants this matchup, Kansas City doesn't want this matchup with Buffalo. Kansas City would rather take its chances with the Bengals, I would think. To be honest with you, I think that's what you're you're looking at here. Kansas City and Cincinnati want to see the Kansas City-Cincinnati matchup. Buffalo would just like to see Buffalo play Kansas City. And let's not forget, what if, what if Jacksonville pulls the upset of Kansas City and then Jacksonville's got to go on the road to either Cincinnati or Buffalo? Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something that we go from – the Bengals being slighted to the Bengals playing host to the championship game of the AFC against Jacksonville. That would be something I would be here for. I would love to see that. I don't know if anyone's made plans for that that potential scenario. Hey, tickets are on sale now for Cincinnati and Jacksonville. I mean, that would that be disrespectful? I think you got to wait for that matchup to be actually formulated, and then. Of course, on the NFC, Cowboys and the 49ers, 
Can the Cowboys actually break through? Can the Cowboys break through on the road again? And I think it's a foregone conclusion that the Eagles beat the Giants. The Eagles beat the Giants, and then I'm not sure if I'm calling the Cowboys over the 49ers. I personally want one more time in the Super Bowl for a revenge rematch. I want Cincinnati and the 49ers. I want that game. I want to exercise some demons here. I want that victory to be so cathartic. If it's the Bengals and the 49ers, I can channel decades of hate and frustration into that game, hoping that puts the Bengals over the top here. Yes, when it comes to the Bengals, I I throw out all all decorum here. The neutrality is over. You know, I'm not I'm not just a, a neutral observer here. I'm not someone who covers sports. Because really, you're not supposed to root. If you're in this position, you're not really supposed to root. Especially if, if you get into the national level, definitely you don't, you don't see that happening. But I am one to say when it comes to being a Bengals fan, uh, there is no objectivity in my face. I, I push it out of my face. I'm not here for that. Uh, Texter writes in and says, hard to beat a good team three times in one year. Okay, I agree. Text continues, I've been hearing that since Midget League. Hard to beat a good team three times in one year. You know what? I don't know who said that, but is it true? It's hard to beat a good team. Period. End of sentence is what it should be. It always should be, it's hard to beat a good team. Let's not put this, well, third time's the charm. And other useless sports cliches that get thrown at us. So I'm not going to use the phrase, hard to beat a good team three times. It's hard to beat a good team. Period. It's never easy. So does that mean if you lose two in a row, you're not going to lose the third? That doesn't usually work out that way. When we continue, we're going to find out, is Byron Leftwich still the offensive coordinator at Tampa Bay? That answer when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our text line is open this hour at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Welcome back to today's edition. It's Thursday, January 19th. It is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So we've been following this the last few days. Uh, is Byron Leftwich out as the offensive coordinator at Tampa Bay? Unfortunately, today... We have to say, yes, the Buccaneers have parted ways with him. 
and four other offensive assistants also let go this morning. Two defensive assistant coaches also fired from the team as the coaching staff is now being revamped. Remember when Leftwich, who joined the Bucks as um, part of a Bruce Arian staff in 2019, was one of the hottest things going? There were there were a lot of conversations about, hey, he might be on the short list to be a head coach soon. So Tampa Bay ended up last in the NFL in rushing yards and rushing attempts. The offense went down. So in 2021, 61 touchdowns. 2022 season, 31. The team was 8-9. and nine, Did win the NFC South. The NFC South was terrible. And they got to host a playoff game. They lose to Dallas 31-14. By all metrics, this was not a good year for Tom Brady. Not a Tom Brady-like year. I mean, let's let's be honest, Tom Brady's getting up there in age. It's amazing that he can still play. It's just it's amazing. He's probably better than a majority of the quarterbacks that are available right now. But he's not Tom Brady of a few years ago. He's not Tom Brady that won all of those Super Bowls. He's kind of gone down a little bit. And, of course, part of that could be he wasn't really surrounded. He really wasn't surrounded with the weapons that he needs. I don't know if that's a if that's a Byron Leftwich issue. I don't think that it's necessarily on Byron. But here we are. Tom Brady has a bad year, and Byron Leftwich gets let go. That's that's the reality here. Byron Leftwich gets let go because Tom Brady has a bad year. I don't know if this is going to hurt Byron long term. I think he'll bounce back. But he is a victim of what happens in the NFL. Business happens like this. You know, you can't get rid of the head coach. Do you point the finger at your quarterback and say, okay, hey, it's uh, you know what? Tom Brady's just not the package he used to be. You know, we'll get a new quarterback in here and and start fresh. No, you 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 gotta revamp. You know what the NFL stands for in a lot of circles? Not for long. One year you're the hottest thing going, the next year, eh, you're a bum. Get him out of here. And so here we are. Leftwich is out today as uh, assistant coach. I'm sorry, as offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hope he bounces back. He's not going to Pittsburgh, though. I know there were some some grumbling there, some hope that Leftwich would make the make the trip to the Steel City to be an offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh. I know they've got problems there. Where does he go from here? Now, does, does Leftwich maybe try his hand at the college game, or does he continue – you know, to try to make a way, make a name for himself in the National Football League, maybe try to pick back up with a coaching uh, staff somewhere else. You know, is that a possibility for him short term or long term? You know, maybe he goes somewhere, bounces back, has a really standout performance, 
two or three seasons uh, as offensive coordinator. Maybe he gets a possible look somewhere to take the head coaching job. Is, is that his path? Or does he look at college? Because I know right now, without any question, if honestly, if Coach Huff came out tomorrow and said, hey, we've hired Byron Leftwich, they would be rejoicing in Huntington. The streets would be full of people rejoicing. Okay, maybe 4th Avenue would be full of people rejoicing, but still, there'd be a lot of people happy. From the text line, Byron and Tampa lost practically their entire offensive line due to injury. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a good point. You don't have the personnel you used to have. You know, when the Bengals brought in Zach Taylor as the head coach, they were abysmal those uh, those first years. Then they started getting the pieces they need, and now they, they're in the playoffs back-to-back. They've won consecutive playoff games. They advanced to the Super Bowl last year. They're in the divisional round again. Maybe they can get back to the AFC Championship, defending AFC North champions, defending AFC champions. You get a good quarterback in there. You get a great offensive line to protect him. We're still working on that. You bolster that with a really strong defense, and you can make a run. What did Tampa Bay have? Did Tampa Bay have a, uh, a really strong defense? Did Tampa Bay have a really strong offensive line? Did Tampa Bay have prolific wide receivers? Did Tampa Bay have a strong running core? What did Tampa Bay have? Tampa Bay got what it wanted. It brought Brady in and got everything it wanted out of him. Got back into the playoffs a few times, won the Super Bowl, got what you wanted. This was a short-term rewards package here. You bring Brady in, makes a splash, you get a Super Bowl out of it, and you see where the chips fall. That's what we got here. And now that Tom Brady, who still one of the Best quarterbacks going today. I'm not talking about his all-time great status. I'm talking about his currently, current status. Not too many better options out there. He's not the future of an organization. He's a right now option. If you need to bolster your quarterback position real quick and you can afford Tom Brady, you could do worse. Because is Tom Brady is Tom Brady staying in Tampa? That's the thing. Here's another question: Is Tom Brady done in Tampa? Probably. Byron Leftwich is done now because he's got to take the he's got to take the fall for this. And the question here is: If Leftwich gets on somewhere else and has a lot of success, then he gets vindicated. If Leftwich gets on somewhere else and doesn't have a lot of success, eh, maybe maybe we start looking at this and going, okay, was it really Leftwich or was it was it Tom Brady? Was it Bruce Arians? A little bit more Bruce Arians? That's why that success happened. I hated for him though. I like Tom Brady, and he's having a bad year.
I, I'm glad he's figuring it out on his own, and he's going to go out on his own terms. Maybe not on top as a Super Bowl winner, but eventually he'll ride out on that horse one more time, and, and off to the sunset he goes, and you know, call it a career. But him trying to continue it, having a bad season, I think cost the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think it cost Byron Lefwich. You got what you wanted out of him in the short term. You got that Super Bowl victory, and you brought some excitement back to Tampa Bay, and you were relevant again. Now, there's a lot of carnage here. Bruce Arians left. Byron Leftwich left, not of his own accord, though. One of the hottest coaches going in the assistant ranks. One of the hottest coaches going. What's his hot status now? It's cooled off a little bit, hasn't it? And, and it's part because of this. If he comes back to Marshall, though, in any capacity, I think we'd be here for it, though. Wouldn't that be cool, though? If he maybe turned his attention to college, bring his NFL experience into the college ranks, maybe come back to Marshall, I don't think anyone would turn it down. Say, hey, any chance I can come back to Marshall? Come on in. Let's bring Coach Leftwich back. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's the text line to be a part of today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's a basketball night here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for being a part of today's edition. We are getting your text in. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Coming up tonight, it's going to be Marshall at Texas State. Bobcats are 3-3 three and three in Sunbelt play. The Thundering Herd, part of a traffic jam at the top, 4-2. and two. 15 and 4 overall. And we've got it for you. 7 o'clock is going to be our airtime. We go on the air at 7 with our pregame coverage. 8 o'clock ish tip. And it's all right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. If you just joined us, Tavion Kinsey also named the 2023 to the 20, 2023 Oscar Robertson Trophy midseason watch list. That is from the uh, USBWA. That's the Basketball Writers Association. So we'll definitely hope for another standout performance from Tavion Kinsey tonight. So basketball is pretty much what's happening. Uh, The women are in action tonight, 6 o'clock, taking on Troy. Troy is one of the best teams in the league. They're, They're bigger. They're very good at rebounding. This will be a nice game for the Thundering Herd to rebound, pardon the pun, rebound by getting a victory and be a good confidence booster for this team. They're 2-4. and four. They start off 2-0, and oh, winning the first two contests uh, in Sunbelt play, and then they've lost four straight, and they have been tough losses to swallow because Marshall has put itself in positions where it had to dig itself out. I think this team is a better team than that 2-4 and four record. 
Big fan of Tony Kemper, so hopefully he's going to be able to pull this one out tonight. So that's happening tonight at the Henderson Center. For those of you maybe heading to the arena right now, have fun tonight. And don't forget, after you're done, come right back here. 8 o'clock's our tip. We've got the game for you. Marshall at Texas State. And then I'll have the post-game coverage after the game. We'll hear from Dan D'Antoni. Maybe Tavion Kenzie, I don't know. But we'll hear from Coach D'Antoni after the game. Now, this is, uh, this is after his interview with Steve. So, after the interview with Steve, we'll get him in a media scrum. We'll have that for you, and that will be immediately following the game broadcast. So, keep it right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So, it's a basketball day, but I was trying to get Coach Swan on today, Michael Swan, the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team, because... The schedule's out today, the women's soccer spring schedule. And it looks challenging. Concord, and and they've got home matches as well. They are taking on home-wise Concord on February 24th. There is an international team. That was that was the on the schedule. That was the indicator. International team on the 26th of February. Don't know the time of that just yet. That's a home game. So I, I don't know. Maybe he's bringing in someone. Maybe it's a pretty big name. I don't know. So international team. That's got me interested. Uh, Moorhead State is going to be on March 4th. Uh, Kentucky is a home game on March 26th. They're going to be on. Um, April 2nd at Virginia Tech, Radford at Radford. So we'll see what that looks like. And they've got Ohio Bobcats in a home contest April 7th. That's going to be a 7 o'clock affair. So we'll get Coach Swan on next week. Try to get him on today. Schedule wouldn't allow it. But I'm curious about this international team. And you remember Coach Grassy when we were talking to him, Around these times last year, they were getting all set for the College Cup, playing some spring soccer, opportunity to show what that would look like. Also, the fact that they were playing for a trophy, they got to go to Columbus to do that. They were all excited about that. So really advocating. Would you Would you rather see – I think Coach – both coaches actually probably want to see spring soccer over fall soccer. I, I think I'm in agreement with them on that. I actually think I would prefer to see spring soccer than fall soccer. Again, I'm not an expert when it comes to soccer. I will tell you that. Conversations continue to be had, especially on the stat crew row at Marshall basketball games. They still talk about me, about my affections for soccer. Let me clarify. I am a Marshall soccer fan. I am a Chris Grassy fan. I am a Michael Swan fan. I'm a fan of Marshall soccer. I actually did watch the World Cup. I will I will own that. I watched the World Cup. I watched the, the championship of the World Cup. And I, and I will admit that if it was always like that, I would probably 
be more of an active watcher, viewer. They're not all like that. That was being claimed as the greatest World Cup match of all time. And so that's, that's my standard. I want to see it like that. But I will agree, if it was a spring sport, it would probably be better. I think it would be easier. It would stand out a little bit more. What are we thinking about when it's fall? We're thinking about football. We're not even thinking about basketball, at least NBA basketball. We're not even thinking about that until after Christmas. Uh, For football, we just wrapped up the the college football championship. You know, we're we're getting to the NFL playoffs right now. We're we're still football focused. Once the NFL playoffs are over, we'll be ready for March Madness. Until then, if you're a diehard basketball fan, it's basketball season. If you're everybody else, it's pretty much. Oh, hey, March Madness. I think that's where we're at with this. Uh, I know long we, we, we went from, hey, here's the spring schedule to that, that conversation, but it's true. We'll get Michael Swan on. Uh, we'll wrap this one up when we continue. Don't forget, we got basketball coming up tonight, and it's right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's totally free, by the way. Totally free. So you can follow our podcast. I don't know if I told you this. I had to explain this to uh, my dentist. That He's like, so let me get this straight. i got to pay you money for the podcast? I wanted to reply, yes, you do. You have to pay me money to listen to the show if you missed it live. But, no, you don't have to. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other service that you like, you use, and just go ahead and search up The Drive with Paul Swan. You find that show. You hit the the button that lets you bring it to your phone, and there you are. You are a follower now. That means you're part of the club. And if you miss any edition of the show, you miss it live, you can go back, catch it any time that you want to. And if you have never heard the show live, and all you do is listen to the podcast, thank you as well. We'll get your text in this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's going to be the number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. we got Marshall and Texas State coming up tonight. In Sunbelt action, the Thundering Herd making the trip. This is going to be interesting because, again, we don't have really a um, we don't have a frame of reference here. We don't have a frame of reference between Marshall and Texas State. First time these two programs have met. So this is Marshall going to San Marcos, Texas for this one. Marshall's 15 and 4, 4 and 2 in Sunbelt play. Texas State is 10 and 9, but 3 and 3 in league action. So not really a frame of reference here for this one tonight. We don't have any past matchups to look back on. Is is it going to be Marshall and Marshall Texas State will this be the the battle I mean, they are the Texas State Bobcats. So could this be our Sun Belt equivalent of Ohio? Texas State's the new stand-in for the Ohio Bobcats, so it's the Texas State Bobcats. That's going to be the opponent here. You look at what they've done, and they started off 
with losses in conference play against ULM and Troy. And they have three victories against James Madison, South Alabama, and Arkansas State. And then they faced off against ULM again and lost that one. So they've lost at home against ULM, and then they've lost on the road at ULM. So now they might have an opportunity here. They're playing host to three in a row. They've got Marshall now, then Louisiana and Georgia Southern. And then they got three on the road. And then finally, it kind of balances out for them. In February, it's more of a normal schedule. They'll have four on the road. They'll have four at home. But in January, they have this schedule where they've got three at home, five on the road. Now, December was okay for them. It's not as if they've been on the road all season. But then you look at Marshall. Marshall's got this stretch here coming up where it's going to be at Texas State tonight and then at Arkansas State. They'll come back home. They've got two at home against ULM and then Georgia State. And then the herd will have, are you ready for this? They will have four on the road, two at home, and then two on the road. So in February, they're going to have two home games. Two home games for the herd in February. That's it. So go now. If you want to see the herd, go now. Get your tickets because you only have four more opportunities to see the herd at home at the Cam Henderson Center. I mean, in, in January, January is is a pretty fair schedule. Five home games, four road games. I apologize. It was three road games. Three road games, five home games for the Thundering Herd. And then to start things off in you know late December, they had two on you know the home docket. But in February, you're not going to see the herd very often. So I don't know if you're going to be able to make this schedule work in the future where you know it's going to be home, then road, then home, then road, then home road. I don't know, you know what the logistics are going to be here. You know, the good news is you know, App State's an easy trip, I'm sure, I mean, relatively speaking. Louisiana's not going to be, I mean, Texas State and Arkansas State, that's, this is the long trip. But the second week of the road trip is Coastal Carolina than Georgia State. And then the final road trip is JMU and Old Dominion, both of those relatively easy to get to here compared to, say, tonight's contest and Saturday's tussle with Arkansas State. A little easier to get to JMU than Old Dominion. But do you like this Sunbelt schedule? I'm not talking about the opponents. It's just the the travel involved. The way it's structured a little bit. Could it be better? And I don't mind not having a travel partner. Actually, I prefer not having a travel partner because you get to see different matchups, of course, and it's not one of these situations where – you know, you're trying to work out the schedule with your travel partner to make it fair. You know, we see some really goofy, and that's the word I'm going to use, goofy, schedules when it came to Marshall and Western Kentucky. And don't get me wrong, I liked the series with Western Kentucky. It just, it was goofy. Absolutely goofy how that was scheduled sometimes. At least here, at least with this schedule, 
it's not so bad. And the Sunbelt Tournament's on March 2nd. Sunbelt Tournament. So, actually, Marshall will wrap up on February 24th, if I, if I got my schedule right. And then the Sunbelt Tournament will be uh, shortly thereafter, but not so bad. And it's actually, Sunbelt Tournament's actually February 28th, and then March 2nd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. So not that much of a turnaround, but again, it's not, you're just, you're playing at Old Dominion, and then you're heading to the Sunbelt Tournament in Pensacola, Florida. That's not terrible. It's better than going to the Star in Frisco, Texas, where you go into a, a really nice football facility for the Dallas Cowboys, a football facility designed to be a first-class facility for football, and you've converted it into a basketball tournament site. I applaud this thinking out of the box. Absolutely, applaud that. But this is probably going to feel like a basketball tournament because the Sun Belt has recognized that it's it's doing well in football. The Sun Belt has recognized that. It's doing well, want to continue to move forward, try to do things, be proactive, be aggressive, try to grow the league, knows it's not a, quote, power five league, but trying to be that scrappy group of five, trying to be the best of the rest, right? The whole idea that I thought Conference USA should embrace, okay, you're not going to be the power five. You're not going to be the autonomy five. Be the best of the rest. Be that be that scrappy sixth league that you better watch out for because you're, if you're not careful, they could come up on you and get you. I think that's where the Sun Belt is right now, especially with the with the effort to try to really improve basketball. And I think this is a, a better basketball league than I was thinking coming into this. I thought that Marshall would just run this thing, and Marshall's had to scrap a little bit in this early part of the schedule. I still think Marshall could have beat JMU. I still think Marshall could have beat Georgia Southern, get an opportunity to – get those games back. But if Marshall can beat Texas State on the road and then Arkansas State, we'll see what the Herds got against ULM and Georgia State, the um, the final home games in January. All of this is coming up tonight. we got basketball. Herd taking on the Bobcats. We go on the air 7 o'clock right here on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. Also going to be on 93.7 The Dog. We'll have hopefully an update from the women's game as Marshall is getting set to take on Troy. Coach Kemper and his squad looking to bounce back after four straight defeats. Hopefully that will happen tonight. We'll try to get his comments as well for our post game. So uh, stick around after After everything is said and done tonight with the show, we invite you to stick around or come back at 7 o'clock for our pregame coverage, Marshall at Texas State. And you can listen to all those games here again on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 or 93.7 The Dog. 
Talking Dead. Stick around after that because I've got post-game comments and coverage, and we'll talk about it. If it's a herd victory, we'll celebrate. If it's a herd loss, well, we'll try to figure out what happened. And we'll do so all together. So that's what we've got in store for you tonight. And I'm looking forward to it. And I hope you stick around as well. So it's, it's going to be fun. Marshall taking on Texas State here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. All right. You know what that music means. We're done for the hour. I thank you for being a part of today's show. We'll do it again tomorrow. But coming up in an hour, it's going to be Marshall taking on Texas State. And we begin our coverage with Huntington Federal Savings Bank College basketball today. Live from the studio here as the herd gets set to take on the Bobcats of Texas State. Thanks again for tuning in, and I really do appreciate it. You can find me more on Twitter at Paul Swan. You can subscribe to our podcast, which means you can get it for free. It's a free subscription. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.